You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Straight ahead at the bottom of the hour, your chance to win Blink-182 tickets. Which new Calgary Flame impressed you the most last night and why? If you call in, it's the only way you can win Blink-182 tickets. We'd love to hear from you. And on the text line, 960-960, name and location. But we had a football game last night. Uh, again, there was a lot of negativity, but we have an incredible slate of games. The Chiefs and Bills are playing, and the Eagles and Cowboys are playing. So it's going to be a great weekend of football to talk about it. Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, CBS Sports, and the host of the Ross Tucker Podcast joins us. Ross, good morning. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I hope you guys don't ask me who I thought was the most impressive flame well, last night. Well, I you, certainly don't know. Yeah, that's fine because we don't have you on for that. We have you on because you sat through that Thursday night or last night. I just got a little pet peeve. Everyone like bitches and moans about how bad the football is, Ross, yet nobody's turning it off. Yeah, don't even get me started. <laughs> I mean, listen, first of all, you have to appreciate what it is. It's two teams that aren't very good. They're not playing well offensively, but enjoy some of the good plays by other people. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, the D tackles for Washington. Justin Fields made some exciting plays. There obviously was some hilarious plays like the Carson Wentz block on Roquan Smith where he pancaked him or the Justin Fields interception off the helmet. You got to take it for what it's worth. There's plenty of other channels that people can watch. So I, that, that, that is the funniest thing. I don't see that with any other sporting event other than standalone NFL events where it's like people complain but yet still watch. Anything else in life, right. people just watch something else or stop watching. And the NFL, like, I want to say to these people, you know you don't have to watch this, right? Yeah. Like, but that's, that's maybe the power of the NFL. They've True. like convinced people that they actually do, in fact, have to to watch. Yeah, uh, it's 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 absolutely incredible. I have to ask you about Carson Wentz. I know Ron Rivera went post game and was all defending his quarterback when we all saw the quote earlier this week. The difference between them and the other teams in the division is the quarterback. Honestly, Ross, is Carson Wentz in the NFL in two or three years from now? If he wants to be, yeah. If he wants to be as a backup, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's a starting quarterback in two or three years. I, I don't envision that being the case because I think teams, you know, we know the Eagles soured on him, we know the Colts soured on him, and it just doesn't look like Washington's going to think there's something to build around with him. So I think he'd be a very viable backup quarterback, and if he commits to it, maybe for a while. I don't know if he wants to do that or not. It was pretty impressive to see Brian Robinson's return, wasn't it, Russ? Or Ross, pardon me. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, you know, I I don't know a whole lot about getting shot and uh, coming <laughs> back from being shot. Right. Um, thankfully. But doesn't seem like it'd be that easy. But I, I guess they said that the, the bullet went, like, right through his leg or the bullets. I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine – how good of a feeling the last couple games have been for him just to suit up last Sunday and then to get a bunch of playing time last night, score a touchdown, the game-winning touchdown is awesome. 
Wanted to look ahead to this weekend's slate of games as well, and, and we've got some doozies. One of the ones that George and I were talking about yesterday on the show was the Falcons and the 49ers. And uh, I guess my question is, do you see any way that Marcus Mariota and this Falcons offense can keep it close against this 49ers defense with the spread being 5.5 as we uh, get set for the kickoff on Sunday? Yeah, I do think they can keep it close because that's what the Falcons have done all year. I mean, they've been really impressive. Even against the Bucks. I had the Falcons on the Even Money betting podcast. I had the Falcons, you know, getting the eight and a half points, and they came back to cover for me. They absolutely never quit. I think they're very well coached under Arthur Smith. And what makes it more impressive is I feel like Mariota is actually getting worse. And yet they're still able to be competitive in these games. So for me, you know, they're playing a Niners bunch that won't have Javon Kinlaw. Emmanuel Mosley tore his ACL. They're talking like Nick Bosa might play, but I don't know. You know, they, 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 he's such an important player. They want to make sure they have him for the long run. So there's enough injuries. I think the Falcons do have a pretty good chance to cover. Uh, Ross, I love my co-host, uh, Maddie, but he kind of buried the lead. Uh, Chiefs and Bills from Kansas City uh, this week. And you host a, a great betting podcast that we'll talk about uh, when we say goodbye to you. But how do you not take the Chiefs getting two and a half points at home at Arrowhead? This is probably going to be the only time this year they'll ever be the underdogs. And especially at home with Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes getting points. I know it's just two and a half. But damn it, Ross, just out of principle, I have to take the Chiefs on Sunday. Well, I can understand that, and I think it's the first time Patrick Mahomes has ever been the underdog at home, which is pretty amazing when you think about it, but it makes sense. I think that the the thought process is short week for the Chiefs. They played Monday night, hard-fought game against the Raiders, and I think the Bills are a little bit of a better team right now, Um, and I I think that's obviously reflected. I'd be curious to see what the spread would be if the game was in Buffalo – It's funny because I think all of us assume these two teams will play against each other again, you know? So it almost, it doesn't make this game any less important because obviously they're both playing to try to get home field advantage, get the number one seed so that if they meet in the playoffs, the game is in their stadium. But uh, it is interesting dynamic because, you know, it feels like this is just the the first part of a two-part series. I think the Bills are a little bit better defensively, and I think the Bills are just playing a little bit better right now. But I can see why you take the Chiefs. I think the real play is to tease the Chiefs up to eight and a half with some other team, right? There's other teasers that are out there where you could tease them and get the full eight and a half points value. Because as good as Buffalo is, I don't expect them to go in there to Kansas City and win by two scores double digits. Um, what's the, I don't know if it's really too concerning because eventually Trey White's going to come back to that secondary, but the secondary is really young in Buffalo. And again, just running the football, like I know Josh Allen's so effective running that, that running the pill, but I don't want Josh Allen taking enormous hits. And I know he's Josh Allen and that makes him so great, but what's kind of a cause for concern for the bills, maybe a wart. Is it that young secondary or is it just their inability to run the football outside of Josh Allen? I think all three. I think all three things you just mentioned. They are young on the back end and not terribly deep. I think 
Josh Allen's physical running style lends itself not only to the possibility of an injury that causes him to miss time, but maybe even just an injury that negatively affects his performance and production, right? Like we're hearing all these stories about Russell Wilson's injury now, and we're hearing about yesterday we heard Carson Wentz has this injury. You know, it, most guys that are out there have something bothering them and they're able to overcome it. But sometimes you, you got something bothering you enough that it really does affect your performance. And I can speak to that. I, I played with a herniated disc in my back, and I felt super stiff. And I was already probably pretty stiff to begin with in terms of my uh, agility. Um, and then <laughs> I do think, you know, if there's a really bad weather game, I think their inability to run the ball, I think that's something they need to work on. Because I think they're asking too much of Josh at times. The Bengals play in the Saints this weekend, and I'm intrigued because you got a couple of guys returning to LSU, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Um, is that something that players get extra hyped up with when you return to the place where you played your college ball, or is it something that maybe makes players a little bit more comfortable in a road situation? You know, I think guys like it, right? Because you're going to know some people that are going to be there, and um, it's special to be back where you played in college. You're going to you're going to have fans there, um, maybe you know friends that you made when you were there. I think it makes it more special. I, I don't know if I'd say comfortable, but you definitely want to play well. I guess you could argue the second part, which is. You know, you're probably getting extra tickets for people. You probably have yeah. plans the night before. You know, you, you might have a little bit more distraction, actually, because of the people that you know there. Last one for me. Uh, Cowboys and Eagles going to be that Sunday nighter. And I'm just wondering, where are you leaning? Do you see the edge more to Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders? Or is it Micah Parsons and that front for the Cowboys? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the Eagles will win the game. Yeah, look, Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the NFL. He's incredible. He's actually, you know, he literally went to high school where I live. I saw his third high school football game ever when he was in ninth grade, and I called Penn State and said, uh, you might want to check this kid out. <laughs> he had like four sacks in the first half. They offered him a scholarship the next week after three high school football games. Um, that's how good he was. Uh, he, and I think he is the best defensive player. The problem for the Cowboys is, you know, this is strength against strength. The Eagles' offensive line is the best in the NFL. So what makes the Cowboys dominant their D-line, I think, will be somewhat neutralized by what the Eagles can do up front. Ross Tucker, NFL insider, CBS Sports host of the Ross Tucker Podcast, joining us here on the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 The Fan. Is Cooper Rush getting way too much credit for this streak the Cowboys are on right now, Ross? I don't know that he is getting that much credit. Um, I, you know, he's getting some credit and I think he deserves it. You know, he's not turning the football over. They're not losing the game. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody looks at him as the long-term starter. I think people think he's a very competent backup, uh, but he's also kind of putting Dak Prescott in an interesting situation because when Dak comes back, I'm not saying Dak, that, that Cooper's a, a threat to Dak's job, but it's not a good look for Dak if he comes back and they lose, right? right. I think that's one reason why Cooper Rush is starting Sunday night. I don't think they want Dak to come back. And so the team's four and two. The two losses are when Dak started the four wins or when Cooper. That's not a good look. 
So I think that's part of the reason that Cooper's played well enough that they can make sure that Dak's super-duper extra healthy. And also, I, I don't know that they want to put Dak in that situation where it's like it, it, it's only a negative proposition for him. Uh, Giants and Ravens are playing a fascinating game for me because uh, I, I got it kind of, am I drinking uh, the blue Kool-Aid of the Giants right now? Brian Dable is doing a great job. He beat both the number one seeds from the AFC and NFC last season uh, already. Uh, they look a lot more organized. Saquon Barkley looks like rookie Saquon Barkley all over again. Are you drinking that big blue Kool-Aid, Ross? Well, in what way? I mean, I, I, um, like they're surprising. Can can it. they be a wild card team? Maybe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I'm drinking it in terms of them being in the mix until the end and having a chance to go to the playoffs, especially in the NFC. I'm not drinking it in terms of like them being a Super Bowl oh, contender no, or anything no, no, like no. that. Uh, but they're they're finding a way to win close games, which they had not won in years. It felt like it just didn't feel like they had won a close game in years. Now that's exactly what they're doing. And I just love, I mean, Daniel Jones had the high ankle sprain. Saquon fought through the shoulder. That was such a gutsy win in London for that team. I would be so fired up right now if I'm a Giants fan because you know you got the right coach and everything else can kind of fall into place after that. Uh, You played in the league. You know how dangerous it is to play in the National Football League because you can suffer an injury any second. If you were Lamar Jackson's agent, and I know he doesn't have one, but the league's helping him out and his mom is right there. Like, the guy's been unbelievable this year, Ross. But again, he's a guy that the way he plays, he could be susceptible to any sort of injury and could be out for an extended period of time and kiss that 200 plus million guaranteed uh, by the wayside. Like, how would you advise Lamar Jackson if you were his agent? Yeah, I would have signed the contract. I I would have signed the contract that had $160 million fully guaranteed. I would have told him to do it. Um, I think he's a little bit misguided Mm. in terms of the fully guaranteed contract. You know, what's the negative of signing the extension with the Ravens? Well, the only the first three years are guaranteed. So after that, they could cut me. Okay. Well, is that what you want anyway? Don't you want to be a free agent anyway? So if you said it this way, this is a one-year thing. Next year on the franchise tag is a one-year thing. The year after that on the franchise tag is a one-year thing. If he signed the deal the Ravens gave him, he'd have $160 million fully guaranteed. And so, okay, let's say they did cut him after the third year. Then he's a free agent, which is the same place he'd be in right now. I get nervous every time I watch the young man play because you know what I root for as a former player? I root for every guy to maximize the financial security they can get for their families from this game because it does a lot of damage to your body and probably brain. And I would be sick, sick mm-hmm. if he suffered a devastating injury and never got the life altering money that he's earned. Um, Ross, before I let you go, I know uh, the Monday nighter, it's the two and three Broncos at the three and two chargers. And even though the chargers above 500, which team has kind of underwhelmed you? even more. I know the offense with Russell Wilson looks terrible, but again, the Chargers escape with that win in Cleveland barely last week, and their defense doesn't look as good. Which team has kind of underwhelmed you more so far this season? Oh, definitely Broncos. No no question whatsoever. The Chargers have already had a a fair share of injury. They had like five Pro Bowl players not playing 
a couple weeks ago against the Jags. It's the Broncos, and it's not close. I can't even watch the Broncos. To go back to our point about last night's game, the Broncos are like the toughest team to watch in the whole league. They, 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 they absolutely are. Uh, and uh, it, it's, isn't it funny how Russell Wilson's uh, image has really taken a hit here the last year or so, um, Ross? Because he was a guy that everyone loved. He was Seattle. This underdog story came in, won these Super Bowls. Great guy, whatever. But I don't know if a guy's image has taken more of a hit than Russell Wilson in the last 12 months. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, he's like the butt of jokes now. Everyone's saying instead of let Russ cook, they're saying Russ is cooked. But I have a feeling he's going to figure it out. Yeah, you know he he's in a new system, new team, new coaches, new players. He's just been too good for too long for me to not believe that he'll figure it out. Ross Tucker, NFL Insider, CBS Sports, and host of the Ross Tucker Podcast. Ross, before we let you go, where can we get some of your other work? Well, you can always go to RossTucker.com, but check me out on social media, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok. It's at RossTuckerNFL. That way you can see the fantasy podcast, the betting podcast, and all the uh, press box food that I I post over the weekend. It's delicious. And the beers I drink, which people love. All right. Uh, If you make your way to Calgary, uh, there's plenty of beers to sample here one day, Ross, as you go to a Flames game. And then you can have a take next time. I would time love to. On which, I would love to. That'd on which new flame uh, impresses you the most so far this young season? Ross Tucker from CBS Sports. Check him out, RossTucker.com. Great stuff, Ross. We'll talk next week. See you guys. Um, Bills and Chiefs. Mmm. So tasty, so yummy. Yum, yum, yum. Going to be a great game. It's a nice start time right in the afternoon there. Oh, it's, 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 it's the prime. Yeah, outside of Sunday night football. The most watched game of the week is that 425 America's game of the week, be it on CBS <laughs> or Fox. That's the most watched football game. And that is going to be delicious between the chiefs and the bills. Again, I, I know what Buffalo has been. I know they're hammering opponents. I know when they do win, they always win by 10 plus points, but just out of principle, we talked about it yesterday. I can't take the bills as favorites on the road. Ross just said it. I kind of had a feeling this was the case, but it's probably the first time Mahomes has ever been an underdog at home. Wait, I can't. I, I have to take the Chiefs. I just have to. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes as an underdog in Arrowhead? Yes, please. And you're getting the points. Like it's it's one of those things that you look at the track record for a guy like Pat Mahomes, the way that he steps up in these situations, big games. Now you do have Josh Allen and you do have this defense looking for that revenge, but Arrowhead's a real hard place to play. Like, the only guy who seems to have kind of cracked it is Justin Herbert. And apart from those two wins at Arrowhead, they've been very average everywhere else. Charger's going to charge her. Charger's going to charge her, baby. That's what they do. That is what they do. And the Chiefs, what they do is win at Arrowhead and pretty much all the time. So Yeah, it's going to be a blockbuster game. And the Eagles and Cowboys is going to be super interesting, too. Can uh, Cooper Rush? I'm leaning Eagles here. Like, I think we get a little bit of reality for Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. That defense is unbelievable, but that Eagles defense is also quite good. It is quite good. And Jalen Hurts, uh, a fantasy dynamo so far this season. Miles Sanders is relevant to the offense. They're actually using him this year. Uh, And they've got two good receivers, not just one. If you ask, like, those six Titan fans in the world... (laughs) 
they probably really miss A.J. Brown. Yeah. Because he has been fantastic for the Philadelphia Eagles. What a trade. And Devontae Smith is reaping the rewards, too, because all the attention is on A.J. Brown. Dallas Goddard, one of the better tight ends sure. in all the National Football League, super underrated. The nice but offensive again, line. But but when when you, when Ross just talked about it, it's all about the O-line. I don't care how, how good or terrible you are. If you have a great O-line and you have time uh, to throw the football, to look, NFL quarterbacks will dissect defenses and credit the Eagles for building such a, an incredible roster from top to bottom. But it just goes to show, we talk about the salary cap so much in the NHL, but in the NFL, when you have your quarterback on a rookie deal and you can spend that money throughout the roster, like look at all the Super Bowl champs outside of what the Rams just did paying Matthew Stafford a ton of money and kind of bucking the trend here lately of young quarterbacks outside of Tom Brady, who took way less money playing for the Patriots for years and years and years. But when these quarterbacks are on their entry-level rookie deals, you have so much flexibility with the cap that you can spend it elsewhere. And if you're smart about it, you can be a very good team and look no further than the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, and it's just about getting the you know, getting everything together while they're still on that rookie deal, while that window is still open. And we're seeing it right now from Philadelphia. It's not an easy thing to do because, A, you have to get the quarterback that can do it that early in his career, and then, B, it's finding the pieces that can support around him. Uh, We got lots still ahead. Flames win their season opener 5-3 against the Colorado Avalanche. Your chance to win Blink-182 tickets straight ahead. We want to hear from you. Which new flame impressed you the most last night and why? 403-240-4444. You give us your take on which flame impressed you the most and one of you will win Blink-182 tickets for the show in June down at the Dome. And I'll take you back. Hmm? I'm going to spin back time a little bit coming up too. Yeah. We're going to do that in the 730 seconds. But first, back? Matt, I, I know you're super excited. Lionel I'm Max has $130 million in prizes Woo! up for grabs tonight. If you want on, if you want tonight, you'd probably still come in on Monday and do the show. I love this job. You would. Um, with a jackpot of an estimated $70 million plus an estimated 60 max millions. That's over 130 million reasons to get ready to maximize your dreams. Dream to the max with Lotto Max and Friday's estimated combined prizes over $130 million must be legal age. Your phone calls will turn back some time. We'll talk about the Flames' big win last night. It's the big show, Rustic and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Traffic for Canyon Plumbing and Heating, specialists in Poly B pipe replacement. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Streak is over for your Calgary Flames. Winning a home opener for the first time since 2009. It's the big show, Russick and Rose Sports at 960 The Fan. Apparently, according to our text line, and we love you so much because you fill us in. So the Calgary Flames tweeted out a couple days ago now. I think that, it was just, just yesterday, wasn't it? No, because we No, it wasn't yesterday. It. it was the night before. The night before, yeah. yeah. It was Tuesday night. That the first 5,000 fans, 18 plus, will get a free 14-ounce draft beer. And uh, the text line has helped us out. Apparently, according to the uh, Alberta Liquor Control Board, you can't hand out free beer at an event like a Flames game. So people got a $6 food voucher. Hmm. Which is fine, I guess. 
Well, how far does a $6 food voucher go if you're in Edmonton when it costs $55 for two burgers, two pops, and two little tiny bags of chips? Not far, but does it go far at the Dome, a $6 meal credit? like It probably doesn't go as far as it should, as it should, but it probably goes further than it would if you were up in the shiny new spaceship up north, right? It's yeah. a little bit different. Six bucks, you're probably looking at it probably sixty percent of your cost right there on your first pint. Yeah, maybe you're going a highball. Maybe it's a little little less than that. I don't know. I don't drink a ton of Flames games anymore because I'm usually working, and that's unprofessional. I'm told. Yeah. So. What if I you, think it's D's. What if you tucked a little flask into the suit jacket part? Hey, right L- in the boot, right? Hey, little, that's what, that's what Daryl says. It's, 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 throw it right down the boot. Little MR engraved on that thing. Yeah. Hey. A uh, little, little moonshine in that little thing. Hey. Yeah. Every time the flames score, you take a little nip. <laughs> just a little taste. Just Uh-oh. a little something to warm the soul up. Nice goal by Richie. Another <laughs> nip coming up. <laughs> Uh, your chance to win Blink-182 tickets. Tom DeLong is back as lead singer of Blink-182, and they're coming here June. Uh, they're saying that this new Blink-182 album is the best they've ever made. Real quick, before we get to the phone line and yeah. the text line, uh-huh. which new flame has impressed you, impressed you the most last night and why? Did you like when they like kind of threw the Blink-182 in the face of the avalanche last night when they were up late? Did you like that? Not really. But I thought it was neat but i was also like ah this just you can't it you can't because it's not the same like you can throw it in their face but i think the avalanche are like okay sick like our crowd does it way better than this like and i'm sorry flames fans i think you guys are great and i love this crowd but what they do in colorado with that song yeah is on a different level we don't have anything that is like that and to kind of throw that out as a sing-along i was like Probably, I would have maybe picked a different Blink song yeah, because like it's, the, the emphasis yeah. was they they were promoting the Blink One Eighty Two concert that's coming to Calgary as well. Yeah. It wasn't just like a take this Colorado, so that's where I kind of came down on. I it. don't like when other arenas or stadiums rip off other arenas and stadiums. Mm. Like when when somebody else plays Sweet Caroline, like that's a Fenway Park thing. Like that's where it originated. Like leave it at Fenway Park. Mm. Like I know people. I know what's about a fan experience, but. Come up with your own stuff here. Like, that's the avalanche thing. It's their baby, and that's cool. I just, I just, again, if you're a fan, that's great, but it's it's a little weird. Like, I come up with something original. I think sport to sport, it's okay. Like, if when they do Sweet Caroline at the Dome, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Because, yeah, I didn't really know they did it in Boston until relatively recently. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's the one more of those, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. So, yeah, I didn't have much of a problem with it at all. Or, no, I did have a bit of an issue with it. I didn't like it. I thought okay. there, there was another fair. song that you could have picked. Could have picked the rock song. Could have picked, I don't know. There's just a lot of Blink that's songs fair. that are good. Um, and later on this uh, this segment, I'm going to take you back a little bit in time. But we got to give away some Blink-182 tickets. Uh, let's ask the listeners, and then we'll give you our Newest flame who most impressed us last night. Let's mm. kick things off with Scott. Scott, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? We're great. Thanks for calling in. Scott, which new flame impressed you the most last night and why? I mean, initially I would have said Uyghur, but uh, to be honest, I think it was Kadri. He just was a difference maker for the whole game. Um, 
you could tell he really wanted to score on Colorado and did everything he could to make it happen. He got the one assist, and I think the other goal to Lindholm doesn't happen without his pass across ice there. And and how much do you think the Avalanche missed Kadri last night? Because I think that was a thing last night. Absolutely. No, it. Uh, he, like I said, he was a big difference maker, and you could tell there's a little bit of emotion there for him. There was even a moment in the third period where he kind of collided with Alex Newhook, and Newhook fell down, and he kind of looked down at him, and I was like, hmm, changing of the guard? What what are they saying? What are they saying? <laughs> to be a fly on the wall, George. To be a fly on the wall. All right, Scott, thanks for calling. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on the line because uh, you have a chance to win Blink-182 tickets because you took the time to call. Like, we, we love that. Uh, we love yeah, uh, interaction from our listeners. Got the Bluetooth hooked over, up or called whatever. In. Uh, th- that's the way we do it. Uh, let's get to Brian. Brian, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you? We're great, Brian. Thanks for calling in. Which new flame impressed you the most last night and why? Honestly, I'd like to take the cheap route out and say all three because they all look really good, but it's got to be Mackenzie Weger, hands okay. down. That's his addition to the defensive core with the way he can join the rush, but he's still very solid in the back end it was it and he skates really well like i mean when he traded kachuk when true living traded kachuk and he got a first and huberdo and a prospect that would have been good but to get Uyghur thrown into the deal as yeah. well that was outstanding I like think, uh, if i would have told was, you when johnny goudreau just left for nothing that they were going to get Mackenzie Uyghur and jonathan huberdo you would have said what cool <laughs> Great job. Hang on in line, Brian. You're in line to win some Blink-182 tickets. So um, over the summer, chatted with Jason Bukla a few times. He did some work for Sportsnet and uh, formerly was the director of player development uh, for the Florida Panthers. When Huberto, when Uyghur were all members of the Panthers and messaged me yesterday. And one of the things he mentioned about Uyghur was looked a little bit uh, leaner, perhaps. So wondered if there might be a little bit more of kind of minute-munching ability, something he already could do, mm-hmm. but that was something that he had kind of noticed when uh, he was watching that first game between the Flames and the Avalanche and just checking out how the, the new cats were settling in, and he thought they both looked really good. Uh, that's Matt Rose. I'm George Russick. It's the big show, Sports at 960, the fan. Uh, we're taking your calls on which newest Flame impressed you the most last night, and somebody on the line is going to win Blink-182 tickets um, let's get to Garrett. Garrett, good morning. How are you? Yo, Garrett. Hey, how's it going? Super. Um, which new flame impressed you the most last night and why? Oh, by far, I'd say Mackenzie Weger. He created that first that first goal there just on the rush. And then same with the third goal there. He kept his head up the whole time, blocked that shot, kept his head up. Fed Anderson that pass on that breakaway, just a beautiful pass. The guy's just, he's all over it. And and he's locked up here long term. Uh, he ain't going anywhere after signing that big deal. Hang on the line, Garrett. Uh, you're in line to win some Blink-182 tickets. Like, what a, what a cherry on top. Like, because obviously getting Jonathan Huberto, and you're like, wow. Uh, Matthew Kachuk wanted out of, out of town, and then True Living pulls off that blockbuster deal, and then you're like, okay, so this potentially could be the Flames trading Huberto or Uyghur for more assets and you're recouping assets. No, they lock both these guys down. They're not going anywhere. And then I, Mackenzie Uyghur wasn't really the forgotten guy in the deal because this city, uh, it just dissects every little move the Flames make. 
But just watching last night what that guy brings to the table, and I'm sure if you're a Florida Panthers fan, if you're one of the three Florida Panthers fans nice, on him. the planet, must be like, wow, we're going to really miss that guy on the blue line, and Calgary's getting a real gem. Oh, yeah, especially, like, I wonder what Aaron Ekblad was thinking. I don't know who he's playing with this year, if it's a Brandon Montour or a Gustav Forsling, but it's probably not the same as having his old, reliable Mackenzie Weger there. And listen, I thought it was notable that both of them have come over. They're both very good friends. Um, they're, they both, they were one, two coming out of the locker room for warmups side by side. And you gotta assume they don't sit beside each other forwards, than defensemen, that type of thing. So mm. yeah, listen, these guys are good friends to get them both in has been great. I thought that they both really impressed. Like the two things that I think stood out for me on each player real quick, Huberto, the ability to make a pass when it looks like he's run out of room, when there's two guys on yeah. top of him and all of a sudden the puck comes out of the scrum and it's on someone's tape. That was what really stood out about him and something that we didn't see from the former top line left winger nearly as much as we saw from Huberto yesterday. And man, is Mackenzie Wager an aggressive defenseman? Yeah. Very aggressive. Well, what's the thing everyone talks about defensively in the NHL? Take away time and space. And uh, Jonathan Huberto has the ability to find time and space when a lot of players aren't able to do that. Uh, Tony, thanks for calling, pal. Tony. Which new flame impressed you the most last night and why? Me? Yeah, you. Hey, Tony, you're on the radio. <laughs> Jeez, sorry. Isn't, I, isn't that I fun? Beat there and how's it going today, boys? Good. How are you? Not too bad, thanks. Well, I mean, like like Kadri, Uyghur, Huberto, they all played great last night. But, I mean, we can't forget about the, the third piece in the Kachuk deal. Did you guys see Cole Schwinn throwing T-shirts out in the second level last night? <laughs> My what guy! What an absolute beauty! <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Tony, hang on the line. Oh, it's going to be tough to beat Tony. Those Wranglers are playing on way, on That's Sunday. I bet good. Tony's got his tickets already. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Uh, no pressure. Uh, Christian, good morning. How are you? Christian? Hey. Yo. What's up, Rasek? Uh, what's going what's up, on, Matty? Hey. Uh, uh, no, nobody's been talking about Kevin Rooney. Kevin Rooney, he, he's getting pucks in deep all night. He is quick, okay. quick, quick, just late in the game. Yeah. And uh, before the game, he's he's tossing pucks to little kids over the over the glass. So Kevin Rooney, big game last night. Stayed stayed out of the box. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, might might be going to the Fanatics and getting myself a twenty one jersey tomorrow night. Okay. I like it. Hold on the line, Christian. Oh, okay, Maddie. Uh, that's a tough one. It's a decent nine twenty seven Rooney put forward last night. Yeah, I. Uh, that's a tough one. Tony's pretty good call. You know. Huberto so skated. is Christian. Uh, I'm going to leave it up to you. Huberto uh, skated 17-11. Uh, Weger was over 20. He loves him some Rooney. Uh, and then and then Tony <laughs> bust out the... Big Schwint fan. Yeah. Which, wh- who wins the tickets? I'm going to leave it to you. Uh, we like being silly and goofy here. Yeah. We're going to, uh, we're going to Tony. All right. Put Tony on the line. Alex, now! 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 <laughs> Do it! <laughs> Tony, congratulations. You're going to Blink-182, pal. Oh, wow. Uh, well, it's actually it's Cody, but thank you very much. What? I appreciate it. Hold guys. on. It's Cody, and you let me call you Tony? I, I didn't want to I didn't want to correct oh, no. you. you know? uh, it's, it's, please. It's, it's the Alberta way. It's the Alberta no, way. No, no. <laughs> please. If I call you Tony and your name's Cody, please. Well, Cody, Tony, uh, and whatever, whatever your name is, and that could be your assumed name when you go out after Blink-182, be referred to as Tony. Mm. Uh, you're going yeah. to Blink-182, pal. Hang on the line. We'll get your details, okay? Thank you. All right, Cody wins, not Tony.
man. You know what? Patrick Dumont takes here's one day off. One day and all off, of a sudden, and all of a sudden, Tony, Cody, Steve, Earl. I don't know this guy's crumbling name. Crumbling like the Berlin Wall here. My goodness. It's all right, Alex. A uh, great job, though. Uh, congratulations to Cody, who's going to see Blink One Eighty Two in June down at the Dome. Which new flame impressed you the most last night, Matty Rose? The new flame that impressed me the most. It's it's kind of a toss up between. Honestly, like like everybody who's gone on sane, everybody had some good instances. The one that impressed me the most was Jonathan Huberto. Like I mentioned, the small little passes that he makes when yeah. he kind of draws guys in to pressure him, which creates room in other places. It's either a soft tape-to-tape pass that has just enough on it that it's, it's hard, but it's not too difficult to handle. Uh, there were instances where he just understands that my guy is going to be able to get to this spot quicker than your guy, and he'll put a puck in a place that his guy will win a race to. He did that multiple times yesterday. I thought he laid, laid a couple of hits when he had uh, a, a couple of opportunities, went after Kale McCarr in a couple of instances trying to lay a forecheck. So I would uh, lean to Jonathan Huberto, but I would give uh, really good marks to everybody that was involved, him, Kadri, Weeks, Schwint. Rooney, yep. you name it. I thought they were all pretty strong. Uh, Cleet in Strathmore, uh, Rooney, because he was giving her. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, uh, we're getting a lot of Uyghurs on the text line. Uyghur impressed me the most. Pair of assists is such an impressive player. Can't believe he was included in the trade with Huberto. Gives the defense a major, major boost. Uh, I'm with you, Maddie. I know it's it's not the best when we agree on stuff. Oh, you got to have some disagreement and whatever. I think Huberto. And what impressed me the most was just how poised he was on the power play and how he just, he was feeding the puck to Anderson beautifully, just being on that that left side there on the half wall. He was just incredible distributing the puck. And I watching that game last night, and all I can think about was wait till Lindholm and him develop some more chemistry, what that's going to look like. Yeah, Toffoli looked good last night, and he... He didn't get three shots on goal, but he looked good last night and he was fine. But I'm just, if you're a Flames fan, you should be super excited when that chemistry develops between Lindholm and Huberto. It's going to be scary. My bold prediction for the Flames season was Lindholm scoring 55 goals off to a good start already. Only 54 more to go. That's it. And that power play, like like you said, the, the patience that he shows on that play. Like we're sitting in the press box and you watch it and it felt like a lifetime. And typically, most players, you get the puck in that spot. You're just trying to sneak that thing between the post and the goalie's pads, trying to catch him sleeping, right? But Francois has already made his way over. Francois played really well in that game, too. Mm-hmm. He's able to make the dish to Lindholm. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a no-look pass. And then Lindholm just makes no mistake, puts it through yeah. a couple of players and buries and... If, if honestly, if they're going to, it's essentially a tap in for number 28 when they're going to give it to him there in that type of situation. No problem for him whatsoever. We're getting a ton of love for Rooney on the text line. Uh, Might not be the sexiest new flame out there, but I feel Rooney really set the tone on what's going to be uh, him bringing it all season. He was tight on the draws, stayed on the D side of the puck, and had a little spunk in the O zone. The boys snapped it around to put the home team on the board first. That's a big goal for that trio, and it felt really Rooney was the driver of that line all night and hopefully continues to drive that line to the next 81. Sure. What a love. Listen, if you're getting nine minutes a night out of that group, that's excellent. 
That's the perfect number for them to be at. Because like I mentioned, I thought Richie ran around and, and laid some big hits. I thought Milan Lucic was, you know, whenever he had an opportunity, he was doing the same. They were getting the puck out, cross the, blue, uh, cross the red line, pucks in deep, get off the ice, all that type of jazz. I thought they did uh, an admirable job on the fourth line. Like, honestly, if, if you're talking about lines that I kind of, I, w- I would say popped, it would be the Cadre unit, then the second unit, or then the first unit with Lindholm and Huberto and Toffoli. Both very good. Then probably that fourth line with Rooney. And then it was the Backlund, Coleman, and Lewis line, who they weren't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but they just didn't necessarily, there wasn't a whole lot of offense there from their game. They were stout defensively, but it wasn't like they were, you know, creating a whole ton of grade A chances either. Mm-hmm. They were just a, a sturdy veteran shutdown line. Like you look around the NHL, and there's a lot of teams that, maybe aren't cup contenders, but playoff hopefuls. Their third lines are loaded with young kids, you know, former first-round picks, second-round picks that are kind of in their second, third NHL season. That is not the case here in Calgary. You got 35-year-old Trevor Lewis. You got Michael Backlund in his 30s. You got two-time cup winner Blake Coleman. That is a veteran shutdown line, and they'll probably end up doing that for a lot of the year. Uh, a text on 960-960. Uh, Kadri, he held the puck, uh, was great, excellent holding on the puck, and it was faster than I expected. Did you kind of notice the same thing from the press box? I I did think that he's deceptively fast. Like, his skating stride is not necessarily... It's not a work of art. No, no. no. But um, the ability to, you know, the tight turns and and kind of the agility in tight along the boards... That really impressed me. The way that, like, if he's battling with somebody, he can do a little chip off the boards and almost spin off a guy and pick it up and 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 try and create offense that way. I thought that was really impressive in Kadri's game. Like, honestly, there's just a lot of things in him that he does very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's anything that I'm like, wow, he's like a top five guy in the league at doing this, but he's got great puck handling. He can shoot the puck well. He's got good boots. He's got some feistiness to his game. He likes to go to the dirty areas. Drew a penalty quite well uh, on Eric Johnson there or, or in the third period. Like, he, he did and a lot of good. There's one thing, because I've watched a lot of Nazem Kadri in his yes. career. Uh, his hands are just gross. Uh, you're going to really good. notice that. Yeah, he, he does not get enough credit with how good his hands are. So yeah. uh, you you will definitely notice that watching Nazem Kadri uh, this season, uh, Huberto impressed me the most. Uh, what I liked is he screwed a couple, screwed up a couple times and lost the puck, and then right back at it using his big body to recover something that Tani Goudreau couldn't do or wouldn't do. He's not just, wrong. Just had to drop that in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay to have those shots. It's a, a Johnny Hockey. It's a keen observation. Yeah, yeah, like. I agree. There was one instance. I know that the Avalanche were screaming for a penalty, but he kind of bobbled a puck on the power play and just used his body to kind of get in front of the other player, create a a harder route to the puck, and was able to, I think, just popped it back to his defenseman and and kind of crisis averted was the situation. And then I mentioned the hit he threw on Kale McCarr earlier. Like, listen, there are things that we talked about with Gaudreau last season and we're like, well, there's... More physicality, but he threw, like, one hit a year, that type of thing. Like, it would just be instead of flying full bore into the boards, he would, like, kind of go in and, and rather than 
do a total flyby. He would like lay a little cross check and dig around a little bit. But mm-hmm. Huberto's different. Like he's in there like a dirty shirt. Um, more flame talk straight ahead. Uh, we'll tee up that Oilers and Flames game with Bob Stoffer, Oilers radio analyst on six thirty. Chad, uh, and we're gonna play Dragon's Breath at eight thirty. Ryan Pike, managing editor from Flames Nation, is gonna join us. Flames take so hot that only a dragon can spit them out. Are you ready to kind of go back in time a little bit? Because we, we all know sure. big talking point in this city. Flames haven't won a home opener since October 1st, 2009. They finally snapped the streak last night with that big 5-3 win over the Avalanche. Uh, it was October 1st, 2009, a 5-3 win over the Canucks. you know who scored the game winner for the Flames that day? Oh, man. I looked this up recently. Um... No, I've forgotten. Brandon Prust oh, scored the winner. Prusty. 934 My of the goodness. second period from Frederick Schustrom and Eric Nystrom. Hmm. That was the game-winning goal. And Mika Kiprasov made 39 Schuster. saves for the win. Yeah. Not surprising. Well, that, That's that was about standard. Um, uh, A movie, a really good movie that I'm a big fan of, uh-huh. was released the next day starring uh, Bill Murray, Abigail Breslin, Emma Stone, Jesse Eisenberg, and of course, Woody Harrelson. It was Zombieland. Time to nut up or shut up. Yeah, that is a an fantastic incredible movie. film. Uh, do you, I can't believe that came out in 2009. Do you want to hear my quick Bill Murray story? Sure. Yeah, hit me with it. Uh, we went to Nashville, uh, my buddies and I, in 2019, uh, right before the pandemic. It was November. And flying back uh, through Atlanta, which is a big hub in the United States, to fly back. So we're flying back to Atlanta to get back to Buffalo to get back home. All of a sudden, I'm in the washroom. All of a sudden, who walks in? Bill Murray. Really? Yeah, by himself. Nobody around him. And it's definitely Bill Murray, right? So I'm like, wow, it's Bill Murray. I'm going to leave him alone. He's got to do his business. Bill Murray walks over to the urinal, right? Then just walks out. I'm like, come on, Bill. Didn't wash his hands. Oh, Bill. 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 Didn't wash his hands. Oh, that's. He just gave zero you-know-whats. And he was dressed exactly like you think Bill Murray would. <laughs> like he was wearing like a crazy like Tommy Bahama shirt with a fedora. Oh. But he didn't wash his hands. Bill. And I'm like, come on, Bill Murray. That was, that was, it was disappointing. So Zombie Land came out a day after the last time the Flames won a home opener. Do you know what the number one song in North America was when the Flames last won their home opener? I can't believe Bill Murray doesn't wash his hands. Yeah, it's jarring. Uh, this song? is the number one yeah. song. Here it is. I got oh. oh. Blockbuster hit. Night's for the, gonna be turn it up. Good night. That tonight's gonna be a good I didn't know Maddie had such a voice of an angel, Alex. Did you know that? He's... Uh, good, good voice of an angel. That was the number one song in North America the last time the Flames won. I do a really good Fergie. Oh, you do. Uh, here are things that have been invented since the last time the Flames won their wow. home opener. Oh, this These is things fun. did not exist the last time the Flames won their home opener before <sighs> last night. The iPad. Yeah, okay. That makes Snapchat sense. or yeah. Snapface, like Bill Belichick calls it. Yeah. Um, Facebook didn't exist. Oculus, like the weird the thing VR? you put on your face. It's not that weird. It's lots of fun. Is it really? You've done it? Of course I've done it. Okay. Uh, Instagram, of course, didn't exist. WhatsApp didn't exist. This one's super interesting, too. GPS on smartphones didn't exist way back when. You were still looking at the map. 2009? Yeah, no GPS on smartphones. No, it wouldn't have been GPS. So, like, I remember getting an iPod Touch. 
Yeah. In it probably would have been like oh nine or twenty ten when I was in high school. And there was no way that thing had GPS. Nope. And that was like right on the verge of the iPhone. That's that's that, how old that I had was. an OG iPhone too. That's the last time the Flames won a home opener. Uh GPS on phones didn't exist. Lyft and Uber obviously didn't exist. <laughs> um the squatty potty was not invented yet. That helps you the expel beds and boxes. Mm-hmm. That was never a thing. No, no definitely was not and a thing. Air fryers didn't exist <laughs> when the last time. Have you? I've never had an it's air. It's not fr- mine. No, is it, it's not your jam. Like no. a, apparently, people say air fryer wings are great. My big problem with the air fryer is where am I going to put a, another appliance? I live in an apartment. I don't have place for another humongous appliance. I got a crock pot. You want to live? Hell, you want to live cleaner though? What's the price on living cleaner? I think it feels like a small price to pay that you don't have a room in your place <laughs> to fit an air fryer in when you can live a lot cleaner lifestyle, Maddie. No, I okay. like being right. a greasy, gross slob. So. Yeah, that's fine. Those are all the things. The last time, the Flames won a home opener. None of that existed while you were watching them beat the Vancouver Canucks. 5-3 with Brandon Prust scoring the game winner midway through the second period. All right, straight ahead. We'll tee up the Oilers and Flames with Bob Stoffer, Oilers radio analyst on 630 Chad. But uh, Lotto Max has $130 million in prizes up for grabs tonight with a jackpot of an estimated $70 million plus an estimated 60 max millions. That's over 130 million reasons to get ready to maximize your dreams. Dream to the max with Lotto Max. And Friday's estimated combined prizes of over $130 million must be of legal age. Bob Stoffer on the Oilers, Tommy Wielden Jr., Cavalry FC manager, and the hottest of hot flames takes Dragon's Breath to wrap up our week. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.